This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Welcome to the show. Richard Duggan filling in on On Target today for Linda Swain, who has been filling in all week, as you probably heard, uh, on Open Line for Patty Daly. Uh, Linda will be back on Monday. Uh, But for right now, you have me in the chair with you on this Friday afternoon. And my guest on today's program is the mayor of the city of St. John's. That's Danny Breen. We're going to dive into all things municipal politics with the mayor. Mayor Danny Breen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, thank you very much for coming on to the program. And, you know, Mayor Breen, over the years, uh, myself and you have, have spoken and done more interviews, I think, than I can count over the last couple of years. Um, but one thing I don't think I've ever touched on uh, in any of the interviews that I've done with you anyway is a little bit of your history and your background. Uh, so just to start off on today's program, uh, tell me about, I guess, a little bit about your background and how you got into politics. Well, you know, I have a, a background in the insurance industry. I'm from St. John's and uh, grew up here, went to uh, uh, went to school and university here and uh, worked in the insurance industry and uh, in employee benefits uh, with a national company for a while and with a local company after that. And so 2009, I've always been involved in the community and uh, I was on student council at Memorial University uh, with the old Council of Students Union. Um, 2009, decided to... Uh, uh, to run a municipally and was elected uh, in Ward 1 and uh, re-elected in 2013 and then ran for mayor in 2017 and uh, re-elected last year, 2021. Was that a big jump to make going from, I guess, working in the private insurance industry to then moving into public life and politics? Yeah, so the the nice part about municipal uh, politics is, is that you can do it uh, part-time so you can keep your uh, keep your job and your career uh, going, but at the same time, uh, able to uh, able to serve on, on city council and you know city council um, municipal politics right across the country uh, is the level of politics that's that's closest to the people. We uh, we get involved in in a lot of different things. Uh, we're limited in many ways in the jurisdiction that we have and the legislative ability to uh, to do certain things. Uh, but we're we're out there in the community, and uh, we hear and talk to people uh, very regularly. We're very accessible, and uh, it it makes it a, a special level of uh, of politics. And now, as you mentioned, uh, you became mayor after running in 2017. Again, you were reelected uh, into the position last fall, um, and it's been a challenging couple of years, to say the least, for you with the pandemic, and of course, before that, Snowmageddon. Yeah, I mean, if uh, when we look back to January 2020 and the and the snowstorm um, that uh, uh, that gave us an eight week, uh, sorry, an eight day state of emergency, uh, and you know, following that, and then just uh, a month, month, a couple of months later, we're into uh, a pandemic. So uh, it's been a challenging uh, couple of years. Uh, we've uh, we've managed our way through it, um, and. Uh, we're now dealing with the aftermath of that and coming out of COVID is uh, is a challenge uh, itself. And there's a lot of challenges out there that are thrown at us almost on a daily basis. Uh, but we, uh, we we continue to uh, to try to adjust as we go. 
and we will be getting into some of those current challenges now over the course of the next hour or so here on this program. Uh, but before we move on to that, I did want to ask, since becoming mayor in 2017, that was, uh, you know, what, six, seven years ago now, uh, what, have, what has been some of, I guess, the biggest uh, strides that you think city council has made in, in that time during your time as mayor so far? Well, I, I think one of the things that we've been able to do is we've been able to uh, further along our sustainability plan, um, our, our strategic plan, uh, and our uh, municipal plan. So we have uh, uh, done some done, done some great work uh, with uh, with a significant amount of public consultation uh, to bring our plans together. Uh, so we have a a path forward uh, for the next uh, uh, for the next number of years. We we also uh, have been able to manage our finances uh, very very well. Uh, we've been able to keep uh, taxes in um, in uh, check and and been able to uh, keep them uh, reasonable. Um, and as well as improving services in areas like sidewalk snow clearing and. Uh, an expansion of uh, of our recreation facilities, uh, like the Muse Centre, which is currently under construction. So uh, we've had a we've had a good um, uh, a good go at uh, at at things in the past number of years, uh, and faced with challenges along along the way, uh, it's uh, it's it's all worked out very well, I think. And one of the things that the city brought in that uh, was is still fairly new, actually, is some of those new uh, development regulations that were brought in. You sort of revamped those. Mm -hmm. um, has, has that made a difference so far? I mean, we've had a couple of applications go through under that now. Has has that revamp sort of made a difference in the process in your eyes? Yeah, so the new municipal plan and the development regulations, uh, We uh, knowing they were coming in, we started adjusting for that prior to their to their implementation uh, but we have some uh, some significant developments happening here, here in the city. We have uh, um, the JAG Hotel expansion. Uh, we have approval for a new hotel and apartment complex on uh, New Gower Street. We have uh, uh, Parish Lane, which is coming up on Queens Road, which is coming up for uh, uh, for a final vote on council once the commissioners' hearings are uh, are completed. Um, and we have, uh, of course, development that's happening in, in Galway. Uh, there's a new construction happening there and expansion. So there's been a lot of development happening in the cities. And, uh, you know, our staff work hard to, uh, to make sure that, uh, that we're doing those in a proper, in a proper manner and, um, and moving forward in a responsible way. Talking about coming out of the pandemic, and, and you mentioned all the developments that are that are happening. You just named a few. Is that a positive sign in your eyes to s see so much development still happening, even over the course of the last couple of years in the pandemic, when everything kind of shut down there for a while? Yeah, it certainly did shut down. But people uh, people also had an opportunity to sit back and look at their uh, look at their portfolios and look at areas that they wanted to uh, expand into. Uh, we knew uh, through the pandemic that we need to do things to help out the businesses uh, here in the city and certainly downtown with the pedestrian mall was uh, was a big part of that. So we tried it in 2020 uh, just to uh, give uh, restaurant and bar owners in particular just some more uh, opportunity to uh, to expand beyond the uh, capacity restrictions that they had by allowing decks outside. It was a success. We tried different uh, configurations and different footprints. I uh, did it again in 21, and now in 22, I think we've got a 
footprint and uh, and, and a plan for the pedestrian mall that's uh, that's uh, solidified and uh, it's been well received by the public and uh, been a bonus for uh, for businesses. And I was just thinking too. You mentioned the pedestrian mall, and I was down there uh, just last week uh, when you and other councillors had cut the ribbon on this year's iteration of the pedestrian mall. And uh, you mentioned during that ceremony, sort of, it, it's sort of a callback to when you were a child, and and uh, you mentioned that there was the first iteration of the pedestrian mall back then. So. For some people, this is a the pedestrian mall marks a new experience that they can go down and check out Water Street. And for others, I guess it's sort of a nostalgic feel as well. Yeah, it is. I mean, this was done in 1970. That was the last time it was done. It was done for one year. Um, it was people enjoyed it. It was successful, um, but it uh, for various reasons and for various challenges with it, it wasn't done again uh, for another 50 years. But in uh, we had been talking about it for a number of years prior to 2020. Uh, but uh, when the when the pandemic hit and the businesses were faced with the uh, with the capacity restrictions in particular, uh, we saw it as an opportunity to uh, to to drive once more. We had good support from the from the business community, from our partners at Downtown St. John's and the George Street Association. We were able to to move it forward. So uh, I think uh, it's becoming a fixture in in the city in the, in the summer months. Um, and we've also expanded now into Kitty Vitty Village and uh, and d- doing a similar thing on certain weekends uh, there where we're restricting traffic and providing um, um, a pedestrian-only uh, experience down there. So uh, the public enjoys these. They enjoy getting out. And, uh, and you know, if, if we can do that in certain places and... Uh, Supplement our already uh, our already beautiful experience, uh, tourism experience here. Then that's great. And uh, we're coming up on, on a break, but I did want to ask very quickly. Uh, you know, the pedestrian mall we we started it back up again in 2020, and there it's been met with great success thus far. Uh, when council decided to try to reintroduce this, did you ever think that it would, I guess, become a, as big as it has over the last couple of years? You know, the first year that we did it, 2020, we had a great summer, and the weather was uh, once the weather turned, it was it was beautiful. So I think that helped a lot in uh, in in people needed to get out, they needed to get out and move around and, and see people out in the safe atmosphere, uh, which uh, which was out in the first year. So um, I think that that success uh, was uh, was beyond what we expected. We knew it was going to be a hit. But uh, I think it was beyond what we anticipated it would be, and uh, it, uh, it continues to grow. And uh, now people are talking about coming into the St. John's just to uh, experience some pedestrian mall. We're speaking with the mayor of the city of St. John's, that's Danny Breen, on today's edition of On Target. We have to take our first break of the day, but when we come back, we're going to take a look at uh, the pandemic recovery in the city of St. John's and how things are being handled from that perspective. So we'll be right back after this break. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. Welcome back to On Target here on VOCM. Richard Duggan filling in for Linda Swain today. My guest on today's episode is the mayor of the city of St. John's, Danny Breen. And Mayor Breen, before the break, we were talking about uh, the pedestrian mall and sort of coming out of the pandemic now for the city. Uh, We're starting to see more normalcy coming into our everyday lives. Uh, When I go out to 
the stores or, uh, you know, even out to the parks, you see more and more people are starting to congregate together again. There's less mask wearing. Things are s starting anyway to feel a little bit more normal or towards normal uh, that we had in the summer of 2019. Um, overall, just to start off, how's the city's position looking now that we're starting to see some normalcy coming back? We're finally starting to see a return to uh, to where we were in, in 2019. Um, we've seen we have conventions that are that are happening in the city again. The convention center is uh, is fairly busy. Um, we have cruise ships uh, scheduled to come in um, between now and, and uh, the end of September. Uh, we have a lot of tourists visiting the city. I know that uh, our numbers are showing, and even just from being out around, uh, there's and talking to people, there's a lot more. Seems to be a lot more tourists uh, visiting uh, visiting our city. So. We're seeing a good turnaround, and we're also facing the challenges that come with coming out of the pandemic, uh, that are uh, that are that are quite common um, in the industry and in in government. What, uh, what sort of challenges are are you seeing now? Well, there's certainly we have the issues around inflation and the cost of uh, fuel, et cetera, that we're that we're all dealing with. Um, you know that impacts the city budget um, as 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 it does in other other budgets. Uh, we're also experiencing the challenges of uh, resourcing and, and human resources and having enough employees. Like for example, uh, during the pandemic, we had a slowdown uh, in in uh, training lifeguards, and uh, we're short lifeguards. Uh, we uh, uh, we don't have enough available now, and that's leading in some cases to uh, to having to modify the hours at uh, at our recreation centers, at our recreation center schools, so uh, that's an impact that it's having. Uh, we're we're working through those, uh, but it's not only in those areas. It's uh, it's virtually every uh, every business and every industry is experiencing the same uh, same challenges. And two, we're seeing some of that normal economic activity returning. Like you mentioned, uh, cruise ships are coming back. Uh, we're seeing those return to the harbor for the first time in a couple of years. Is the city starting to see that turnaround economically from the lows of the pandemic now that sort of those uh, more of those business, uh, more businesses are reopened, more tourists are coming in? Is the city starting to see those benefits yet? Yeah, we're starting to, to see the economic indicators are, are, are positive. Uh, inflation is is tempering that uh, somewhat, and uh, you know it's it's a huge challenge. Um, you know, and we are talking to people and and just being out in the community, understand you know what people are um, the uh, the anxiety that they're experiencing uh, as a result of this the, the housing challenges in the city are, are part of that as well, and. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's not a good situation uh, to be in, and you know, I can perfectly understand from talking to people the, the and understand the challenges that they're that they're facing. So, uh, yes, there's uh, an economic upturn that we're that we're seeing, but we're also seeing some significant challenges on the residents of our city. In terms of that economic uh, upturn that we're seeing, is it enough? Like. There was a lot of losses over the course of the pandemic for not just the city of St. John's, but for all municipalities. So will, I guess, this upturn that we're starting to see now, I guess, how long will it take to sort of return things to to where the city would like to see it in terms of its budget or economics or anything like that? 
That's really difficult to say because uh, things change so quickly. You know, if you look at, um, you know, the, the the challenges that we had during the pandemic was was mainly a revenue uh, issue because we lost revenue on Metrovos, we lost uh, revenue on our on operating our pools, etc. We still had operating costs uh, associated with those, and now you have a, a situation where you're being uh, you're, you're being hit with increased costs. So you take Metrobus, for example. Uh, we burn roughly about a million liters of diesel a year. Uh, so an extra, I think, I think we're going to be about $1.4 million short uh, compared to what we budgeted for diesel on Metrobus alone. And that's, that doesn't include our other fleet. So every municipality in the province is going to be dealing uh, according to their own um, uh, usage. Uh, with those increasing costs, so uh, these are all challenges. So one thing that we've um, that we're trying to work through here is we've become pretty unpredictable in, in what's going to happen. So it really means that you have to keep an eye on your operations that more closely. And I want to circle back to the cost of fuel because the city had highlighted that as an issue in the wake of the the federal budget, the provincial budget as well, uh, about the impacts of the rising cost of diesel uh, on Metrobus and on the city fleet in general. And I know that the city did write um, a letter, I believe, to the federal government looking for some support. Uh, any update on that? Did you hear anything anything back on that after? Yeah, so we're still waiting for uh, finalizing uh, finalization of that with the federal government. I've had several meetings with uh, with Minister Cody, and we've had some good discussions on how we can uh, alleviate the, the financial impact um, from the pandemic on uh, on on Metrobus, and uh, that just compounded by the increase in diesel costs. So uh, we're working through that, and we hope to have some uh, some news on that in the near future. And back on the rising cost of living, of course, it's as we were talking about, it's been hitting everybody hard. Um, what are you hearing from constituents in the city about some of the challenges that they're facing now, uh, given all of this? Well, you know, there's there's a lot of concern out there. There's a lot of concern about the, the cost of uh, accommodations and the availability. We have uh, situations now where we have uh, 10 to 15 to 20 people, you know, Joyfully showing up to see uh, apartments being uh, being listed, so uh, the demand is is quite high now for uh, for housing, and um, the the cost is 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 fairly high as well. So it's creating a great degree of anxiety amongst uh, amongst people that are that are in that situation, and can certainly understand. And and uh, we're we're working with our community partners and with the other levels of government uh, to. To see what role the city can play in uh, in terms of addressing that need. Yeah, so let's dive into that a little more. What, like the city, does play a role in affordable housing? So I, I guess what can be done on that front? Well, I think first you have to put it in perspective. We uh, uh, there's about five thousand units in the city that are uh, that are operated as as affordable housing. Um, the the city has about 400 of those units, so we don't play a really large role. But what we do is is we work a lot with our community partners and with the government uh, to address the issues um, of housing in the city. Um, we do, we have projects like the uh, Presentation Convent on uh, Patrick Street that was recently converted into affordable housing. 
So taking on projects like that and and getting financing from the federal government and, and the provincial government and the community groups is, is a role that we play. Uh, a vast majority of the responsibility falls onto the provincial government through Newfoundland and Labrador Housing. But municipalities, uh, not only the city of St. John's, we find because we're we are the we are the city and we're the ones that are probably closest to the people um, that we hear the concerns and uh, so it's it's our responsibility to bring together people to try to solve these issues and address them to the best of our ability. And one way, uh, just thinking off the top of my head now, that uh, you know a, a lot of places are uh, dealing with the rising cost of pretty much everything is the move towards the um, the electrification of things like uh, electric vehicles um, and, and other initiatives. Um, where is the city in terms of, um, I guess, the electrification of its city fleet and its move towards some of those net zero targets? So our sustainability plan has, uh, has been finalized and should be released, uh, I think it's in the fall, it'll be uh, be released. The um, We've taken some steps. We've already uh, announced a little while ago that we'll be uh, installing, I think it's 22 uh, electric chargers uh, in the city. Uh, so we're adding to that inventory as we go. We're doing a study now at Metrobus to determine um, the, the method of electrification of the, electro, of the Metrobus fleet. So that work is ongoing as well. And, and we're also looking at ways uh, that we can address issues such as charging uh, stations in, in the downtown residential area. So uh, these, these studies are all being undertaken as we, uh, as we begin to make that, uh, that transition. You mentioned a study looking at the electrification of, of something like the city's bus fleet with Metro buses. Are, are electric buses common in other municipalities around Canada or North America? Yeah, they're becoming more more common. Uh, the, the technology is is changing quickly. The range uh, is is was a big issue that's now being addressed. So now we have to look at the infrastructure and what infrastructure we need to support. Uh, the electrification. They're, they're obviously um, vastly different technology than the, uh, the than carbon uh, buses and the, the diesel burning ones that we have now. So it's a it's a pretty uh, significant change, and uh, we had, we do have the benefit of seeing how other municipalities have de- and transit systems have dealt with that. And uh, so that work is ongoing, and uh, uh, through the St. John's Transportation Commission. Danny Breen is my guest on today's edition of On Target. We're up against another break, but when we come back, I want to talk about uh, preparations for the upcoming city budget. Of course, that will be uh, a big focus now as we head into the fall after the summer. We're going to talk touch on that coming up after this. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. And welcome back to On Target here on VOCM. Richard Duggan filling in today for Linda Swain. My guest today is the mayor of the city of St. John's. That's Danny Breen. And now we're going to move on into the topic of the city's budget. And now, of course, over the summer, I guess, will be the preparations for some of what you'll be uh, looking at in terms of consultations into the fall. And then in the fall, I 
you know, you'll uh, really be getting into the weeds of preparing that document. Uh, but overall, Mayor Breen, I guess, uh, what are some of the advantages that the city has now going into this fall budget? And uh, conversely, I guess, what are some of the disadvantages that you're looking at? Well, uh, certainly this is an off assessment year. So uh, there was assessments, a reassessment of properties last year. Um, those assessments are still in place for this coming year. So uh, that's a major piece of work that doesn't um, that that impacts the budget that that won't be necessary this year because we know uh, pretty much what the assessed values are. Um, pretty, we'll know them a lot sooner than we would in an assessment year. So that's uh, that's one of the advantages. Uh, we also look forward in our budgeting to the next to the next three or four years, and we project out when we do a budget. Uh, so uh, we have that information, and uh, and we monitor that closely to make sure that we're staying on track according to our plan. Uh, the things that make it uh, challenging is is the economy right now. It's uh, very unpredictable. Uh, the rising cost of fuel, rising cost of things like road salt, um, the, uh, the 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 uncertainty of of the economy and businesses and and how they uh, how they move forward all adds to uh, a level of uncertainty in our budget. So uh, it's a challenge. Uh, our staff are working through the preliminary budget numbers now. By the end of August, early September, uh, council will uh, will will then uh, turn turn to that information to move forward and and determine the level of uh, consultation that's required this year. And now, of course, as you mentioned, one of the big unknowns, I guess, going into this budget would be the price of fuels. And we discussed earlier the impact that the rising cost of diesel is having on the city. But I guess one, the one constant, if you want to call it that, is that the high fuel prices have been sustained a little bit now for the last couple of months. I mean, we've had gas prices well over $2 for the last couple of months here in the city. Um, so is that it, now that you're heading into those, now that the city's looking at those preliminary numbers, is it becoming clear what sort of effect that has on the budget? Yeah, so so the effect on the budget is is becoming clear. Uh, the fact that they're sustainable and they're sustaining high uh, compared to last year's budget is a, is a challenge for us. So uh, we do have, um, we've had benefited from uh, from surpluses that we've been able to generate uh, in the past number of years, and they can be used to address these kind of one-off uh, issues. Uh, and we we did that last year, and we can we can use some of that again this year. Um, you have to be careful when you're budgeting that you don't use that money to uh, to support operations because uh, when the money's gone, uh, then you're left with a deficit to try to deal with. So we're we're very prudent in in how we uh, how we use the uh, surpluses uh, that we've accumulated, and uh, we want to make sure that uh, we're providing the, the best possible service, one that the uh, residents of the city uh, are. Uh, are, are very uh, are very pleased with um, that, uh, and we are delivering them in a cost-effective manner. And in those surpluses too, I guess one of the challenges for the city now would be that you know when we were looking at deliver when you guys were looking at delivering the budget in the fall of 2020, 
we had Snowmageddon and we had the pandemic just, you know, really taking effect on uh, the the city's operations. And at the time it was you, we had pretty much the same conversation and it was, you know, we have these surpluses that we can take advantage of to pull us through. And then last year it was the same sort of thing. Pandemic ha the pandemic continued. Okay, but we have these surpluses. But now we're heading into the, what would be the third budget. And, you know, as you mentioned, eventually that money, if you're using it up, will go away. Yeah. So uh, so you have to be very careful how you uh, how you use that money, because uh, if you uh, if you're if you're not, uh, you could end up in a situation where you're uh, uh, where you're creating a deficit um, that uh, that will cause you uh, more problems. And now in last year's budget, uh, mill rates did increase, um, and we just finished up talking about the, you know, the rising cost of living. So what can you say to residents right now that would be concerned that potentially we could see that again this year? And I guess what sort of, how, how does the city work to keep those rates as low as possible given some of the uncertainty? Well, you know, we also understand that the, uh, the financial challenges that the residents of the city are facing, everybody's facing the inflation factors that we're experiencing. So we have we experienced those too, and they hit us. But that's our job is to uh, is to manage those, and uh, and to minimize the impact on the uh, on the residents of the city. We experienced a pretty mild winter as well. Did that help the city, or does that help the city with its budgeting in terms of savings on the cost of salt or maintenance of the the winter fleet? Uh, does that help at all? Yeah, so we we did have a, a good winter. We uh, we did have some uh, some higher costs uh, because of diesel and those things. Uh, but we also work on a calendar year budget for snow clearing. So until we see what happens in November, December, we really won't know where we are on uh, on snow clearing, whether we were up or down or or not. Um, the thing about snow clearing is that you're really your, your savings, if there is any, or your overexpenditures, if that should happen in a particularly bad year. Usually in the areas of uh, truck rentals, if we're trucking a lot of snow uh, over time, and uh, th those are the two, the two real variables here. So the other costs are, are pretty much fixed. They can vary a bit, but they're the areas where you really do get, uh, or if you're using more salt is uh, is the areas that usually gets hit. And you mentioned just off the top when we were talking about the budget, about uh, the consultation process for residents leading into this year's budget or next year's budget. Uh, when can people expect to hear more about how when those start and how those will work? I think by the end of September, early October, uh, we should have a better idea of where we're going there. We usually try to do that in September, October, early November and try to, and we usually deliver our budgets the first week of December or last week of November. Danny Breen, the mayor of the city of St. John's, is my guest on today's edition of On Target. We're up against our final break of the day, but when we come back, we'll continue this conversation. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. And welcome back to On Target here on VOCM. Richard Duggan filling in for Linda Swain today. Danny Breen is my guest. And Mayor Breen, um, one of the things that's sort of been dominating in the in the news as of late is the 
um, situation with the airlines and how um, you know there are numerous complications that people are seeing, whether that be passports or um, uh, baggage being lost, those sorts of things, flights being canceled. The city of St. John's right now is enjoying sort of the the tourism benefit of uh, having people being able to come here to the city for the first time in a couple of years. But does does it concern you that those flight challenges maybe could end up hampering maybe some of that uh, what we see in terms of tourism because of of how things are with that right now? Absolutely, uh, air access is critical to. Uh... Uh, to, to our tourism industry, to our economy uh, in uh, in Newfoundland and Labrador, and particularly in St. John's, so uh, it is it is a very major concern um, to us. Uh, the, the issues that are being faced at the at the major airports are, are ones that we talked about earlier, with uh, with not having uh, staff short, with having staff shortages. Uh, but also coupled with an increase in demand. And uh, there was a lot of pent-up demand after the pandemic for people to travel. And uh, people uh, wanted to take advantage of that opportunity. And it's created quite a challenge for the airports and for the airline industry. So um, we hope it gets and settles down and gets back to to normal soon. Because uh, for us to take full advantage of the tourism industry, uh, air access is, is critical. And the, the impact of that don't just stop at the tourism industry either. I mean, we saw it uh, on Canada Day. I think it was the city of Cornerbrook ended up having to cancel their fireworks display because the technician uh, for that display was flying in from out of province. So the impact of that don't just stop at tourism. No, no, you're right. And I mean, this uh, this issue with uh, with human resources and having having employees, I mean, we're seeing that in every um, in every aspect. Of, of our economy right now, um, and it's it has an impact has an impact on community events such as fireworks in in Cornerbrook, and it has access in other places. So there's there's a lot of challenges out there to be to be faced, and uh, uh, a lot of them uh, are uh, are ones that are uh, are just going to take time to work out. Mayor Breen, one of the big things that's on the city's horizon over the next couple of years will be, of course, uh, when the city hosts the Canada Games in a couple of years' time. Uh, how's planning for that going? Uh, planning is underway. Uh, we have a, a board in place uh, being chaired by Carl Smith and Kim Keating, who are, who are now putting back their, putting together their, uh, their team, their organizing team, to, uh, to pull off this major event. Uh, it's it's uh, our facilities uh, have been identified. There's uh, investments to be made in improving the facilities, uh, some of the facilities, and other ones are in very good shape. We've maintained our facilities very well, and we'll be using ones in uh, in Mount Pearl Paradise CBS and uh, and in Luggage Middle Cove Outer Cove. Uh, there'll be uh, events there as well. So uh, it's going to be um, a fantastic time for uh, for the people of Newfoundland and Labrador and uh, just to be able to welcome everybody to our province the economic impact is uh, is huge um, and the number of volunteers we're going to need in order to pull this off is also uh, quite significant so uh, it's it's a great event and it's been uh, you know 1977 it was held uh, here last time and uh, we're just looking forward to putting off the best kind of summer games ever 
And part of the preparations for that, if I remember correctly, is uh, Councillor Sandy Hickman is going to be going to the Summer Games uh, this summer and, I guess, sort of scoping things out there. Uh, I guess what's what's the importance of having him go to this summer's event in preparation for what the city is going to be putting off in a couple of years? Yeah, so there's representatives and staff members of the uh, of, of the board of the Canada Games Committee that will be going to the Summer Games. You need to see it firsthand, and uh, Councillor Hickman's uh, part of that uh, member of that board, uh, so it's important that he's there and he's able to talk to uh, uh, to representatives from the from the host committee and from other provinces and touring their facilities and seeing the things that they're doing there and that uh, and learning from that. Uh, one of the things that uh, we always do and and the public wants us to do is to consider best practices in in all our operations and the kind of summer games is no different. And uh, we need to, uh, our board and our, and our staff with kind of summer games uh, need to be able to, uh, to experience firsthand what's involved in the summer games. Moving on to a bit of a different topic now, I think one thing that residents of the city will notice if they're driving around this summer, or at least that I've noticed, is that uh, no major delays on main thoroughfares such as Ken Mount Road for the first time in years. It's not blocked up by uh, those major construction projects. Um, nothing major, I don't think anyway, happening in the city right now in terms of those massive projects, but is there anything on the horizon that the city is looking at for, uh, say, future years? There's still a lot of significant work done, being done in the Kilbride Goulds area. So that work is ongoing. Um, we took a year off on the uh, downtown Water Street um, project uh, because uh, coming out of the pandemic, uh, we, we, we just wanted to be able to give the businesses down there the opportunity to get back on their feet a bit this year. Uh, we have um, a smaller piece of work to be done down there next year and we'll go ahead and do it then then we'll be complete well with that project so um it's uh, there there is a a lot of road work being done a lot of street rehabilitation a lot of sidewalk uh, replacement and sidewalk installation so uh, you'll see that work wrap up uh or even more over the next little while and of course we have our new uh, replacement for the Mew center uh, being constructed on Blackler Avenue that's uh, well under construction now and coming along very well. Is that project on budget and on time so far? Um, it's it's certainly, I believe so. Um, the last information I have is that it's moving along uh, very well according to plan. Mayor Breen, I think... Uh... One thing that I did want to touch on as well, uh, a few months ago, I believe just over a year ago now, actually, uh, yourself and the mayors of uh, CBS, Paradise, um, and Mount Pearl had gotten together and said that you'd be looking at uh, regional opportunities for collaboration uh, here in the metro region, and uh, there was a study that was going to happen into regional economic opportunities. I wonder if we can get an update on that and sort of where that situation is now. Yeah, so that study was complete. There's been a number of meetings, um, and uh, the consultant has has completed their report. Um, it's now with the uh, um, with the representatives of each of the municipalities. Uh, look, it's very clear to me that municipalities in the region, uh, in terms of economic development and other areas, uh, need to have a, a closer uh, working relationship. Uh, I've always said that anything that's happens in St. John's, that's that's good for St. John's, good for everyone, and anything that happens in another community is 
is good for St. John's. Uh, we're uh, we're too small to be uh, um, to be out of step on these things. So uh, I'm hopeful that we can that we can move forward with it. I think economic development uh, really does have to be taken from a regional perspective, and uh, we'll be uh, reporting back to the public once uh, once everybody's had a chance to uh, review the report and uh, municipalities um, give some direction on, on on which way they want to go. And Mayor Breen, now we only have just about a couple of minutes left, uh, but any final thoughts on how the direction that the city's headed in now coming out of the pandemic or just how things are in general in the city? You know, things are are, are pretty positive uh, in the city right now. Uh, people are, are getting enjoying getting out again, uh, enjoying getting back to our uh, to our usual uh, routines, enjoying the opportunity to go back this weekend to the to the folk festival, um, you know, and then you have the George Street Festival coming up. You have uh, you have the regatta, uh, getting back to the garden party portion of the regatta as well. So I think that people are really looking forward to uh, to getting back to doing the things that we're used to doing here in St. John's. And uh, we, uh, we, we just hope that everybody uh, this summer just stays safe, uh, enjoys themselves, and uh, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll continue to proceed uh, through this uh, phase of coming out of the pandemic. Mayor Danny Breen, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to come on the program today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Ricky. My pleasure. That was Danny Breen, Mayor of the City of St. John's, and that just about does it for me on today's edition of On Target. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Linda Swain be, will be back uh, in the hot seat for On Target this coming Monday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day, everyone.